Is it possible for one man to have been responsible for a series of unsolved homicides spanning a period of over a century? Watch The Night Strangler, a chilling story of suspense starring Dara McGavin on the Tuesday Movie of the Week. Welcome to the Late Night Fright Horror and Sci-Fi Movie Podcast. I am Dan. And I am Faith. Faith, in the words of Han Solo, didn't we just leave this party? It it feels like it. It feels like it, right? (laughs) Yes. Well, we hope you enjoyed our episode on the Night Stalker that just came out. Well, guess what? We're going to move right on with the sequel. The Night Strangler. The Night Strangler. That's right. This movie premiered on ABC on January 16th, 1973. This was directed by Dan Curtis. Dan Curtis is the man responsible for Dark Shadows. He was the producer on the original film. Well, he decided he wanted to direct this movie. It was written again by Richard Matheson. Richard Matheson, as I said in the last episode, is, well, it turns out he's one of my favorite writers. <laughs> and you didn't even know. Didn't it. even know it. He's responsible for I Am Legend and your favorite Twilight Zone episodes. He's responsible for the episode Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, an episode we covered here on the show, and one of our favorite episodes of The Twilight Zone, and one of William Shatner's finest moments on screen. And oh, yes. that man has had a lot of great moments on screen. That is an absolutely classic episode if you haven't seen it. Great script, great performance, great, just a great conceit there. And it was directed by the late, great Richard Donner. Richard Donner, the man responsible for The Omen and the Lethal Weapon franchise and a lot of other great films. He he left us recently. He passed away he like in the past year, I think. Yeah, I ninety think it was or ninety one. He was year. Superman. He directed Superman. Superman. I was yeah. waiting for you to say yeah, it. Superman, was, one of the greatest movies ever flying. made. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, Darren McGavin. He returns as Carl Kolshak, our intrepid reporter, an honest man in a in a crazy dishonest world. Right. Simon Oakland is back as Vincenzo, his editor. We briefly touched on Vincenzo in the last episode, and you know what? Let's talk about him right here at the at the forefront of this episode because. He is so good in this movie. And what a wonderful foil for Darren McGavin as Cole Shack. It is just, it's it's a great relationship that the two of them have. And that would be carried into the television series that would come a year after this movie. He just has that look, doesn't he? And he plays exasperated. And you can tell that he (laughs) believes him, but he... Puts him in this rock and a hard, between a rock and a hard place because it's so out there, right? And it just really, His really his job great. could be on the you know, it's, it, yeah. yeah. Joanne Flug plays Louise Harper. She's a belly dancer. Belly dancers are getting killed in this movie. The belly dancers of Seattle are <laughs> in danger in this film. <laughs> Scott Brady plays Captain Schubert. Wally Cox plays Barry. Barry is kind of Kolshak's sidekick in this. He's the archivist at the paper he finds himself working at. This is a, <laughs> this is a really great performance. We have movie royalty, pop culture royalty in this movie. Margaret Hamilton, the Wicked Witch of the West, plays Professor Hester Crabwell. She's got one scene, a little cameo. She's great in this. 
Could have used more. We, it really could have. Yeah. yeah, I wanted more of her. We have more movie royalty, horror royalty. We have John Carradine playing Llewellyn Crossbinder. He's the owner of the paper Shack works for. Al Lewis. That's right, Grandpa from the Monsters. He plays a vagrant, and Richard Anderson plays Dr. Richard Malcolm. But Faith, is it Dr. Malcolm Richard? I'm, I'm confused. I don't know. I am confused. So this movie picks up a little after The Night Stalker ends. If you remember at the end of The Night Stalker, Carl Kolschak, he got screwed and screwed pretty royally. Mm -hmm. So he finds himself in Seattle. He hooks up with Vincenzo, who's now editing a paper up there, and he offers him a job. He is covering a series of murders that are taking place there after dark, and it's it's a series of murders, and they, they have a very strange M.O. The bodies, there's, there's a, a needle point injection there at the base of the skull, like the killer's taking something. What right. is he taking? Well, that's what Carl Kolschak is out to find out, and what does he discover as this goes on? Well... There's a man who's very old who is committing these murders. And what's interesting is the murders take place over two weeks. And it's always six women get killed and they trace the murders back 21 years yep. and then another 21 years and then another 21 years. So you have a man who is doing an alchemy of sorts and he's creating a youth serum because if he doesn't create the serum, well, he deteriorates and he needs the blood of these young women. He needs them in a heightened state. That state, fear. We're going to talk a little more about that. There's some creepy stuff to be said about fear and death and sacrifice. Well, mm -hmm. we'll get a little bit to that. <laughs> so The Night Strangler. Here we go. This is the direct sequel to The Night Stalker. It came out almost a year after. So, The Night Stalker was the most uh, successful television movie up to that point in time. We both really enjoyed The Night Stalker. Check out our episode on that to hear our thoughts. What do you think of the Night Strangler? I liked it just as much as the Night Stalker. I feel like there were some elements I liked more, and there are some elements I liked a little less. I, I love the character uh, here of Carl. He's just... I feel like you get more of him. You get more of his personality, and just he's fun. The creature is a little, you know... A little, a little different, but I don't have a problem with it. Right. Uh, we were having a discussion among ourselves before we hit the record button on this, and I, I, th I think I'm speaking for both of us here. We like the story and creature in Night Stalker better. Yes. But we like the attitude of the second film a little more. Yes. <laughs> and I think what it comes down, you hit the nail on the head, by the way, with, with it, it's Carl, it's the character and he is driving this Carl. movie. <laughs> Were you just making fun of the walking dead? No, not at all. Making fun of no. Making fun of all 35 seasons <laughs> of the walking dead. Got more, more seasons in Grey's Anatomy. God bless. Uh, it's, there, there's a lot. And they got, they got spinoff series too. <laughs> Well, you know, that's relevant because this kind of has a zombie in it, you know, yeah. kind of. Uh, but it's uh, he's, he's really driving, driving this movie. And I think the reason I prefer the second movie and the way that he's portrayed in this is because they knew they had Darren McGavin and they were really writing it for Darren McGavin. And this this movie plays to his strengths. He's he's funny and he's engaging and charming and witty. 
and nosy and investigative. (laughs) And I said it in the last episode, he's not afraid to play scared, and he gets scared in this. He does. He gets scared. So we're up in Seattle. I think the setting of Seattle is really great for this. Mm-hmm. It's it's something I was I was going into my memory. There's been obviously been several films set there, but uh, you know, is there an iconic Seattle movie? You know, like say anything is set in Seattle. Sleepless in, in Sleepless Seattle. Oh, we don't want to talk Grey's about that. Anatomy. <laughs> we don't we don't we don't need to talk about Sleepless in Seattle. No, it's gonna. Tom Hanks has starred in some of the great horror films of our day: Forrest Gump, (laughs) Sleepless in Seattle, Big. You've got males. You've got male. Big. I just want to make real live demon is in all of these movies. I real. I want to get big, big on on record. We're gonna talk a little bit about demons in in a minute or two here, Um, but I was. Wait, wait! I didn't know Tom Hanks was in this movie. Okay. Ooh, allegedly, allegedly. Burn. <laughs> allegedly. Um, I do want to. I do want to talk about uh, uh, the creature here, the monster. I, I am a little underwhelmed by by the creature, but it's and, and what's disappointing to me is we're watching this movie, and I mean, man, look, if you haven't seen this movie, it is such a fun watch. It this is. is we were laughing and and cutting. You know, it's a fun entertaining and movie the mystery's really there because you're really going along with them like you've no clue what's going on because this was a first time watch for both of us they don't show you him like, yeah you know, and and i'm looking i looked over at faith and i said i have no idea what this thing is no. yeah because in uh in the night stalker you know pretty early you figured out that it's a vampire carl has figured out that it's a vampire coral 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 <laughs> did you shoot your mama coral <laughs> Yeah, there you go. A little Walking Dead humor. Whoa. Ten years too late. That was in season eighteen. <laughs> but uh and I was like I was like, what the hell is this thing gonna be? You know, like, right? like what is this? Well, when they started talking about the puncture wound in the neck, my first thought was like, Oh, is this like where Dexter got the inspiration to like, you know, stab people with the he knocks them out and then uh-huh. kills them. Like that's what was going on yeah. in my brain. Like, what's he doing with this needle? Is he he's taking the brain serum? He needs that brain yeah, fluid. Was this like a date rape drug or something? At first, I wasn't sure. Um, it, it's it's really really it is really cool. It's and cool. I just I did feel a little underwhelmed at the end when I when when you figure out what it is. What's weird is like I love the idea of the underground Seattle. It just felt like. I don't know, like something didn't tie in completely with it. I don't know. It was like the strangling and the needle. I don't know. It was like, okay, bring it home a little more for me. Yeah. I yeah. I, I almost would have preferred a little more supernatural. Now I know like what we've got here is, is, is out there, you know, what we have here might be a little more based in reality than we might care to admit. We're going to talk about that in just a second. <laughs> trust, trust me, we're going to get there. We're going to get, and these things are all alleged. Allegedly. Yes. Allegedly. Anybody who's listened to this show for a while, you you know where we're going. Let's talk about the cast here. Joanne Flug as Louise Harper. She is a trip in this movie. Her biggest screen credit is in the original movie version of MASH. She plays Nurse Dish. She's really good in that movie. It's a great movie if you haven't seen it. Uh, she's a lot of fun. She's a great foil for Carl. Mm-hmm. She's spunky and feisty and intelligent, too. That's the thing. And 
hates him in the investigation. I, I, I really like her. I, I like her better than Carol Lindley in the night stalker because I feel like she has a lot more to do with, uh-huh. with what's yeah. happening here. Carol Lindley is really good in that. She's just kind of there. Not, yeah, she's she's kind of there. Yeah. You know, I don't think she's really serving a full purpose. You know? Right. And uh, I think she's really great. And she's someone that Carl Kolschak, you know, opens up to a little bit. And I love that he talks about the vampire. Yeah. And it's yeah. a great that, to, to tell you how much humor is in this movie. He's telling her the story of the first movie and they're in an elevator going up to Space Needle to have dinner at a restaurant. And he's telling her the story. And these people are terrified because the people around them hear the story. You know? <laughs> yes. And uh, so he's carrying with him this this uh, the the bureaucratic screwing that he got in the first movie, and that anti-authoritarian streak is still very much alive in Carl mm-hmm. Kolschak, and he is looking for the truth. I love that about this character. I am surprised. I know that the character and these two television movies and television series have quite a cult following, and I know that they've gained notoriety because of the connection to the X Files. I am really surprised that the counterculture has not latched on to him more. I, I feel like this guy is a real symbol of what is good and what could right. be good again. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about that with the Incredible Hulk. Do you remember we did the uh, pilot episode of the Incredible Hulk? And yeah. one of the things we learned in the research uh, for that was that the counterculture of the time in the late 60s and early 70s latched onto the Hulk because he was this ball of anger and rage. And that's how they felt about society. And I'm really surprised that Kolshak hasn't, you know, he's not more of a, of a thing. And he feels so relevant. These movies are 50 years old now. And I feel like they're just as relevant today, maybe more relevant today than when they came out, you know, and almost prophetic in a way. Maybe us talking about them will, you know, It'll change maybe it maybe it will. <laughs> we talked about Simon Oakland. I, I I love the relationships in this movie. This movie is just so much fun, and there's so much humor in the way that the characters interact. And it's really just classic, you know, dramatic setups. Mm-hmm. You know, each character has a box that you know they are who they are, and they have their little uh, place in the box. And they and the way they interact with each other is is where the comedy comes from. We have what I think is a really standout performance here. Wally Cox as Barry, the archivist, and Carl kind of has a sidekick in this movie, and it's and it's this guy. And he is from the moment he showed up on screen, it the movie picks up a notch. I think every time he's on screen, the movie's better. Um, what did you think of this little guy? Like, why can I not recall who this is? The archivist, the guy who was helping him, he was he was giving him that's all. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's the, right. I'm the like, little who guy. Who in the yeah. world are we talking about? No. Yeah. The I guy. loved him. He's, okay. Now, he's like the best part of the movie. Okay, yes. I'm like, who are you talking about? Yes. I don't know how I forgot about him. It is late here. Uh, it is on the late night fright. <laughs> Maybe it, I it just is. didn't know what his name is. <laughs> was do you yeah. know? <laughs> this precious little guy? Like, and he's and he's and when you he meet him, me of somebody, but I don't yeah. Know who. When you meet him for the first time, you're like, oh, boy, this weirdo. And he just is so funny. And I love how he just jumps on board. Like, there's no questioning anything. It's just like he's right right there with him. Right. Well, Carl jumps right on board because as as he puts the mystery together, he's got the facts. It's just, you know, it's so outlandish, you know. But uh, I, I love that. This movie is about facts. This is about facts. They say that word. If you take a shot every time they say the word facts, you might be a little tipsy by the time it's over. 
again, he's an honest man. He's an honest reporter. He is doing the work that the media should be doing, and the media, unfortunately, does not do. Nope. Really, it's it's a shame. It's It's a shame that we find ourselves living in these times that we do. And, you know, things have kind of always been that way, but here you have a guy who's trying to do the right thing. And, and again, as I said in the Night Stalker episode, you know, in times of lies, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. And here's a guy who's a revolutionary, yeah. you know, and is paying the price for it. And you get the idea that he's paid the price everywhere he's been because he's told the truth. Yep. And isn't that something, again, I think Carl Kolschak might be the hero of our times. He just might be. He just might be. Watch this movie. This is this is a great, great fun. fun it really movie. is fun. It's it's a lot of fun to watch. It's it's fun to try to piece it together yourself as you're watching it. It's it's just I feel like the fun's there, the mystery's there. And even now that we've kind of spoiled it for you, it's still fun watching yeah. him put this together. There are some just really great scenes in here. There's there's the self-satisfaction that he shows throughout some of this is just uh, something to behold. You know, <laughs> he's really great. Darren McGavin was great. He was so, so, so good. And this is, uh, to me, his signature role. And we talked about in the last episode, this is indeed the one of the major influences on the X-Files. And he was asked to play Carl Kolschak on the X-Files, and he declined to play Kolshak, and I and and I think rightfully so. This Carl should be his yeah. own his own thing, but he did play the guy who opened the X Files. So course. I think I think that's right. <laughs> so it's only fitting that he did. But this is just it's it's so cool. It's so cool. And again, a movie fifty years old, and and we're just into it. Yeah, you know, as we're watching it, I was getting some cool vibes from it. We we had like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of. Vibe totally, and this came out a year um, before Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. And then I kind of felt kind of being under uh underground mm-hmm. kind of that kind of creepy it kind of reminded me of like phantom of the opera in a way very much and the way yeah. that uh uh the like doctor the was dressed with the hat and, yeah. the, and the coat and a, almost a little bit too like vincent price and house of wax you know yes. had that kind of thing going on too so yes. very very you know classically rooted mm-hmm. with the with the horror you know a lot of atmosphere in this as there was in the first one yeah, that uh, that smoke in the underground yep. was was really great. That the underground itself is such it's a really cool, cool conceit. And again, don't you know? We said we were kind of quote unquote let down by the no, by I, the reveal. It's that's not. It, it doesn't change the movie for me. I no, still it's so good. Enjoy it. Yeah, it, it's just different from the first one. You know, it's a little more far out there. So <laughs> so let me ask a question. Let me ask a question before we take a break. Mm-hmm. This is really interesting. So the guy here, he's killing these women to make a formula to stay young, and he needs them in a heightened state of, of arousal. The emotion he's using is fear. I don't know. I've read some things about the Aztec Empire and their human sacrifices and the cannibalism that occurred there and, mm-hmm. and that. And they would uh, kill uh, people. They, they would frighten them and kill them because the fear toxin in the body, the fear response in the body, uh, led to better a better harvest, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you're not familiar with what adrenochrome is, you might want to familiarize yourself with it. I really don't want to get into it here on the mm-hmm. show. But 
Uh, read about adrenochrome and harvesting of adrenochrome. And uh, I don't know. There are some people out there who look uh, suspiciously youthful. Uh, check that. <laughs> check into that. That's mm-hmm. that's something to look into. And, uh, you know, they say that, you know, uh, kids are the best source of, of mm. adrenochrome and harvesting. And they like to scare them and then harvest it. And Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. You know been going on since the beginning of time people it's out there all you have to do is see it all you have to do and then you can't unsee it yeah it seems to be a theme with these Kolchak movies yeah so let's talk about uh what happened after this movie uh they did a tv series for a year it only lasted a year unfortunately they got 20 some odd episodes but they did plan a third movie but instead of the third movie we got the tv series and i have some information on the third movie it was going to be called The Night Killers and take place in Honolulu. Yeah. He was once again going to be working with Vincenzo and he was going to be investigating some UFO landings and the aliens were going to be producing android clones of important people and placing them in positions of power. Oh, wow. So let's just take a step back and let me ask a question. Does it seem to you sometimes that people on TV in positions of power might not I don't know. Be, look, look the same. Look the same. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The guy who's the quote unquote president or Eminem, you know. Uh, yeah, I've heard. I've read some things about that, too. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. I got really got to stay off that alternative media. You know, I, I am related to someone who uh, who worked for an AI company. So. Yeah? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She doesn't work there anymore, but. Was her name Siri? No. <laughs> But no, she, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm kind of upset we didn't get that. Now, this is really interesting. So we, we've got that. I'm assuming Richard Matheson would have written that one. Did Richard Matheson know something that, that some of us might know? Seems like it. Yeah. It's kind of like we talk about with Wes Craven. What did Wes know and when did Wes know it? Yeah. Right? So uh, anyway, but we did get the TV series. I've seen several episodes of the TV series, and it is very good. We're going to get to some of that on the show eventually. Yeah, if they're, if they're just as good as the movie, I'm surprised it only lasted a year. I mean, I, I, you never know. Yeah, you, you know, and this was you know back in the day, you know, the '70s. So and TV was a little different back yeah. then. I mean, as, the, as it was set up, you right. know, with the ratings and yeah. all that. So The Night Killers would have been the third one. We did get the series, though, and that's cool. And one of the episodes is a direct sequel to The Night Stalker. So deals with one of the victims coming back to life, uh, oh. one of the vampire victims. So, And in 2005, there was a revival of sorts. They did a new series starring Stuart Townsend and Gabrielle Union. And I remember I watched one episode of it, and it was just lifeless. It was absolutely it had God. it had none of the feel of this. So uh, stay away from that. <laughs> you know, if you love it, you know more power to you. But stay away from that. Uh, didn't get good fan reviews, or I think it only lasted thirteen episodes. Oh wow! So it was called Night Star. I don't I don't know if he wore the hat or not, but. Uh, no, these two television movies are really where it's at. And this is, again, this is a great, uh, look back at 1970s, uh, movies of the week and made for TV movies and just great 1970s horror. I love 70s horror. Do you like 70s horror? I do. I do too. I really do. I do too. There's something really unique about 1970s horror. Uh So I think so. Good stuff. What do you think of the, the pair of movies? I think they're very good. Like I'm, I'm. Very shocked they're not as maybe well known as you know. 
They are very well known in some circles. Some circles. In, in circles, yeah. But they're very, very good. I mean, I, I enjoyed both so yeah, much. Equally. I, yeah. I, yeah. They're fun to watch. Yeah, and they work great as a pair. Mm-hmm. It, you don't feel like one movie is like, it's like a different character. No. You know, you, you get that a lot of times with sequels where the character just feels different. Right. You know? But no, this is this is really, really, really good. No, I feel like he's the same person. It's just, he's more himself. You know, like you really get to. Yeah. Well, you're spending more time with yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I like Great these stuff. a lot. Great stuff. Well, we are going to take a very short break. Uh, at the time of this recording, it is spring. It's spring. You know, the flowers are blooming. Pollen is in the air. You know, we talked about that last episode. Allergy season is upon <laughs> us. Also upon us, baseball season. Yes. And we have a short editorial here in the break uh, from someone you might not expect to hear from. It's a baseball. Like an actual baseball. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's not news. It's just, it's just an editorial. I was waiting for it to be a phone call to Captain Kirk or something again. No. Let's let's go with the baseball. Yeah, we'll have to check on him soon, though. Mm, maybe next week. If you didn't, if you if you haven't been keeping up, uh, <laughs> Captain Kirk was our guest news anchor a few weekends ago, and uh, he was, he, you know, he he was a mess. A little bit. He was a mess. He was messed <laughs> up too. So we are going to take a very short break, but stay tuned for the editorial from a baseball. I am Dan, and I am Faith. and we'll see you on the other side. Baseball. You probably don't think much of me. I look like all the other baseballs, except for this scuff I got coming out of the box. The umpire said I couldn't be used because of the scuff. He never gave me a chance, and he's the one that scuffed me. Now I'm in this bucket of used balls. I could have been somebody. Who knows what I could have been? A single, a double, a ground rule double, a triple, a home run, and inside the park home run, I had infinite potential. Now I spend my days in this bucket of used balls. The other balls call me scuff face, mother scuffer. You get the gist. Just once, I want to get in there for a batting practice. I can show them what I've got. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play today. I'm coming apart at the seams. I'm a baseball. Play ball, I guess. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright Horror and Sci-Fi 
Podcast. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And I can tell you unequivocally, that is one of the saddest things I've ever heard on this show. It is. It's so very depressing. Existentially sad. Sorry, I'm trying to hold back the sneeze. Oh, let it fly, yeah, sister. Allergy season. Let it know? fly. It is allergy yeah. season. I... Uh, I, I'm a, I'm a musician. If you've listened to the show for any length of time, you, you you've heard me uh, allude to that. I played a gig last night, and it was an outdoor gig. And I had a I have a music stand, and it's a black music stand. And I had to arrive uh, on the premises at three o'clock, and I set up. I was set up by three thirty, so we had some time to kill because the wedding was right there on the on the property. So we had to, we had to be quiet, but we, we couldn't leave. So we were there for two hours and, and the band was hanging out and cutting up. And when I went back to start getting ready for, for performance time for downbeat, this black music stand that had been sitting under a covered overhang mm-hmm. for two hours was covered in pollen. I'm it was unreal, un, unreal, not surprised. <laughs> unreal. Oh, also oh unreal. The, Two Kolshak movies that we've talked about this week. I, I love these movies. Watch these movies. Check out these movies. Yeah, these are good movies. Very good movies. We have a movie coming up neither of us have seen. And I've, it's exciting. I've heard good things about it. I have too. It's exciting because we're going to be getting into the cage. Yes. We've got a Nicolas Cage movie. Not only do we have a Nicolas Cage movie, it's an HP Lovecraft adaptation. This is going to be a lot of fun. If you want to know what a nut I am... So we we had watched Mandy, and Mandy was for sale in a bundle with our upcoming movie. It was like eight ninety nine, and I really wanted Mandy, and I was like, "Hey, I get the other one too. All right, awesome." Yeah. And I still have not watched it. <laughs> I still have not watched it. I also have not rewatched Mandy. So I, I haven't either. I don't know. We need to. We, we need, need to. We need to do a proper episode on that. That was part of the Cage Match series that yeah. we did. Uh, Faith, would you like to tell them what the next movie is? It's a Nicolas Cage movie. Uh, what is it? Color Out of Space. Color Out of Space. That's Always right. get the title messed up when I... When Speaking I'm... of existential terror, like our poor baseball is going through, I think <laughs> this movie has some existential terror. If I know my Lovecraft, we're going to have some existential terror. It's going to be a lot of fun to we talk about uh, Lovecraft and Cage. and uh, Always fun to talk about Cage. <laughs> it is always a blast to talk about Cage. There's, there's, there's no one like him. There is absolutely no one like him, and it, it, it's a it's a joy to watch him perform. And I know a lot of people out there kind of love him ironically. You know, no, this dude's this dude's great. He's, yeah, he's, I, I yeah, think he, I, I think he's the I think we'll talk more about it next week. But I think he might be the greatest actor of all time. Yeah, I, he, I mean he, that he sincerely. Takes his art and he does things with it. You know, he takes And he it. elevates it. He does. He's not just like, okay, here I'm going to read some Even in the bad ones, he's yeah. he's he's trying to bring a unique perspective yeah. to things. Some and people I'm, just walk in and read the lines off of their paper and emote a little bit, but it's like okay, no. He takes I'm so this. I am so excited he's playing Dracula. Me too. I think I think I think this is going to be something special. I'm so excited he's playing himself. And yeah. the unbearable weight of extraordinary talent that's coming Which out. Which I've so heard is so good. Is amazing. We're going to do that on the show when it when it comes mm-hmm. out because it's Nicolas Cage. Yeah, we got to do Nicolas Cage. <laughs> got to do Nicolas Cage. <laughs> We're like, you know, a horror and sci-fi movie podcast slash Nicolas Cage that's, yeah. fan yeah. podcast. Yeah, the, 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 the fandom is real. Yes. <laughs> 
but I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm really, really, really looking forward to it. It, it should be a lot of fun. I've heard really good things. So we'll, uh, we'll talk about it next week. If you would like to talk to us, you can at late night fright podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from each and every one of you. We hope that you're doing well wherever you are, and we thank you sincerely from the bottom of our hearts for listening. And it's always a trip to see how many people are listening to the show and where you're listening to it at. And it's it's all over the world. It's amazing, and uh, and we can't thank you enough for that. I it's, know, it's it's amazing. It's amazing, and uh, it's really a privilege to share this conversation with you. And we hope that you're doing well, that you're happy, and you're healthy. And in the words of the late, great Don Cornelius, the host of Soul Train, be good to yourself, be good to your neighbor, because something I've learned as I've gotten older is it starts with yourself. You have to start with yourself. You can't change the world. You can only change yourself. But by changing yourself, you can indeed change the world. So be good to yourself, be good to your neighbor. And I heard something recently uh I saw an interview with Mario Cipollina, the former bass player for Huey Lewis and the News. And if uh, if you're a fan like I am, uh, or if you grew up in the '80s or watched music videos, uh, you you know who this guy is. You, he, he's a very unique presence. Very tall. You know, would wear the sunglasses, cigarette hanging out of his mouth, had the bass slung real low, and uh, you know, very kind of horror movie vibe about that guy too. You know, very Nicolas Cage vibe. Very Nicolas Cage vibe about Mario Cipollina. And I saw an interview Mario did uh, three months ago, and he said one of the things that he's doing in his retirement because he's he's getting older now and he's not on the road and uh, he's he's you know kind of done. Mm-hmm. You know, he still plays, but he's he's not out there all the time and. He said uh, his goal in retirement is to make sure that the people that are important to him, the people that he loves, know that he loves them. So I think there's a great lesson in that. So Mm -hmm. be good to yourself. Be good to your neighbor. Let the people in your life know that you love them. Mm -hmm. Because, as we said, these are strange times we find ourselves living in. And uh, tell the truth. You know, love, love is truth. Mm -hmm. There you go. There you go. That's my deep thought for the night. It's It's not as deep as that existential... Uh, the limb of the baseball finds himself in. You don't, you, so don't, sad. you don't hear from the baseball that often, but no. I'm, I'm glad we did. It's going to make me appreciate what I have a little more. There you it's going to make me appreciate my scuffs a little <laughs> bit more. So, color out of space is up next. Uh, well, we'll we'll see. We'll see. We shall we'll, see. We'll see how it goes. So, feels like it's that time, doesn't it? It does. If we snap our fingers, can we make the magic happen? Let's see. On the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Well, there it is. Time to say goodbye. Time to say goodbye. Thank you all again for joining us. Make sure to join us next week for The Color Out of Space with the one and only Nicolas Cage. Yes. He might rip his face off. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) Take us home, Faith. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep keep your your monster monster on a leash. leash. We'll see you on the other side.